Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world and we can help. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Hello. So this is kind of a special year-end episode as we get ready for the holidays. We asked a lot of our guests over the season to weigh in on the question, is it grow or bust? What's the shelf life for small charities? Yeah, that's a a super critical question. I think all of us have felt the pressure from boards or from funders um, or maybe even just sort of our own sense of what success looks like to to grow to get bigger to scale um but but really is that should that be your objective maybe you're serving your community really really well and there's no need to to think about expanding to four more provinces (laughs) exactly i mean we all want more impact but and as fundraisers we're always brought in to increase revenue because we want to do more because we want to grow uh but do we really want to be A big organization. Yeah, that comes with a whole attendant uh, uh, set of of complexities. (laughs) And, you know, you can can enter into a a growth phase and and find yourself two years later with a whole bunch of great staff that you can no longer support. And, you know, what does that mean in terms of uh, your ability to to sustain over, over time? So... It's a provocative question, and um, our guests, I think, have some really great insights. There's a lot of love for the little shops, uh, which, as most people know, we feel that love uh, every day. Um, but it's a really interesting take on on the tensions that we face as a small, like as organizations that are small but want to do big things. Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh I've had experience with um, making tough decisions to scale back um, mm. uh, or, or refocus efforts, and uh, and it's not easy. But when you're doing so to uh, to protect the the ultimate longevity of the organization, or um, to to shift the focus to an emerging priority area, um, I think that's great. I think that you know the ability to to know when to draw the line um, is just as important as knowing uh, when to push that line out further. Definitely. So, uh, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from all of you uh, on this topic. Are you satisfied with the size of your organization? What ha- is there a point where you are done growing? Um, what does that look like? So let us know in the comments. Uh, please do leave a review. We really value your feedback. And uh, this episode is going live right before the holidays. So happy holidays. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you all in January. We asked a lot of our interview guests the same question, which has come up time and time again as we work with small organizations across Canada. And the question is, is it sm- grow or bust? So is there a shelf life for small charities? We know that organizations are always looking to raise more money, to have a bigger impact, and to keep growing. And we're always comparing ourselves to those larger organizations uh, who shall remain nameless. But I wanted to put the question out to our guests, is that the right approach? Is it grow or bust for small charities in Canada today? What happens when you're not growing? And 
So here is a roundup episode of all of those answers and the conversations we had inspired by that question. I want to start with Paul Nazareth, who, uh, of course, was such a popular guest. His uh, discussion around plan giving was really accessible and uh, very meaningful to small organizations. And Paul uh, starts with a question, why? And if you can answer that, you that's sort of the framework on how you think about growing or uh, your impact. Here's Paul. So uh, I'm actually on the board of about three or four different charities that I care deeply about. And this is a perfect example of purpose, collaboration, evolution. So, you know, small organizations really always got to ask them, you know, that why. The most overquoted book in the past 10 years is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Everybody quotes it. I don't think anybody's ever read it. Uh, and it's a <laughs> great read on, on getting back to purpose. Why do we exist? What do we exist to do? And one of my organizations is my local faith-based church organization. I used to run one of the Out of the Cold programs for the homeless in the community. And actually, that program was never necessarily designed to grow. We recognize that we are a Band-Aid, and we are not trying to solve homelessness or poverty. That is the mandate of other bigger organizations. Here in the living, breathing lungs of our community, we just want to run this program. We don't need more, and we shouldn't actually try to do more of these things. That's mission creep. So to ask ourselves what was that purpose was really helpful because a lot of my team wanted to grow and get all over the place, and actually our greatest skill was telling everybody we're going to fundraise what we need, and then we're going to stop. And we're going to stop asking you. People were so happy about that. The second one is collaboration. When we look now at the Ontario Nonprofit Network, at Philanthropic Foundations of Canada, uh, they're talking a lot about shared platforms, collaboration. We see all these new hubs popping up across Canada. You got the CANF Centre in Calgary. You got CSI in Toronto. You got the Pillar Nonprofit Network in London, Ontario, where you see small charities banding together physically in spaces to share services, to share platforms. You see a lot of community service organizations now creating hubs to say, we can serve our our user base all in one place to make it easier for them. Not necessarily merging, because I believe that's actually one of the things the public wants. They don't get that we are unique and we have actually governance rules around our sector. We can't just merge every organization. We hear all the time from the public, there's 200 cancer charities. Well, they do different things. And poverty looks very different in different parts of Canada and different solutions. So that's the collaboration. The last one is evolution. And this is where Community Foundations of Canada are really helping organizations to say, you're allowed to evolve. Maybe you have outlived your purpose. Maybe you actually need to do something more challenging. Maybe you need to stop delivering in this medium and technology will be your future and you need to evolve into that. And maybe you need to go out of business. But maybe that business needs to grow. And that's where community foundations are really stepping up and being incubators for new ideas and then being uh, the uh, the vehicle to actually transition everything from money and governance and the donors for organizations that need to change and grow. In our conversation with Gordon Hawley, he really focuses on the idea of the cost of growth, um, that organizations go through these um, waves and that to see significant growth it's going to be a big investment, uh, and you need to inject and that investment, usually cash, uh, but often other things like staffing and other resources to help your organization go from where you are to where you want to be. And that is a hard reality for a lot of organizations that are really cash-strapped and just 
struggling to survive day to day. So here's our conversation with Gordon. Yeah, well, you know, they say we've been uh, looking at the research on that, and certainly the organizations that go through a growth period, a significant growth period, uh, have significantly more costs in order to enable that growth. Mm -hmm. So growing capacity is very expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And anytime you want to go through a growth stage, you've got to, you know, before you do it, you've got to know it's going to be expensive. I guess for me, I think it really comes back to um, mission, your mission and purpose. And um, it seems to me that, uh, you know, there's a number of different ways of looking at this, but I think we have to make sure that we're staying focused on our mission. You know, if we start chasing dollars just to get bigger um, that aren't in alignment with our uh, our mission, uh, that aren't really directly in alignment with our mission and purpose, you know, we probably shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if our mission and purpose is to, create value for a broad population because they're not currently being looked after by our existing um, social infrastructure, you know, maybe that we need to grow. And hopefully boards are really um, uh, reviewing their, their vision and mission periodically to make sure that they're appropriately sized. You know, mm-hmm. if they're a small organization, making sure that the mission is framed in a, in a narrow um, way so that the organization doesn't feel an unrealistic need to, you know, grow to service the entire Canadian population. <laughs> um, and missions can change over time. You know, you could, for example, um, one of the organizations I'm involved with, um, historically, we've talked about um, doing work across uh, an entire population. This year, when we did our strategic planning, we actually decided to narrow it so that we're focusing specifically on BC. Um, so it was really, I, I think, really getting, having really good conversations about realistic expectations and the realistic um, uh, goals for the organization and making sure that we're staying within um, our, our clear mission and not uh, overstepping, um, I think is really critical. Um, and I think if you're going to grow, you know, like you mentioned, growth really is an expensive um, piece. So if you're going to grow, I think you want to do it intentionally and make, make the decision in advance that, yeah, we're prepared to do what it takes to go out and get the funding necessary to go through an expensive growth period. Um, because many organizations, because in order to grow, you've got to be investing in your capacity. Uh, and, and that can be expensive. Uh, building out the, the governance structures, the, the management uh, uh, team, building out uh, your administrative infrastructures and your ability to um, continue to grow your, your um, financial resources. So, um, Yep, growth is expensive, um, and and there are some organizations that are totally content not to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they serve a particular population, they do it well, and their constituents are getting the services they need. And um, you know, and sometimes because many organizations are either run by volunteers or don't have access to the resources they'd like to to grow, and in that case, you know what. Uh, sometimes you just need to be satisfied with where you are and the the benefit that you're providing your 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 clients and customers and the people that depend on you. Our queen of corporate fundraising, Heather Nelson, thinks that strategy is the starting place, that big or small, if you're working on the right things, the rest doesn't matter. I don't think that uh, charities, small charities have a shelf life. I think that what they do need to have is a strategy. And I 
am always concerned when I see a small charity that really is meant to be a small charity that is spending an enormous amount of time trying to be a big charity. So I would say if you're a small charity that's doing something awesome for a small group of people and are sustainably supporting that and you're happy with that, then like have at it. Do awesome. That's great. I think where the concern for me comes in is when a small charity is constantly trying to grow big and there isn't a good reason for that. There isn't a sustainable model for that. Uh, There isn't a strategy in place for that. And to me, that just becomes very discouraging for the people involved and can just really end up being a bit of a hamster wheel. So to me, no, I think our world does need small charities. I think they can really be an important part of communities across the country and around the world. Um, and own it. Be a really happy small charity and just like thrive in that without really worrying about what the big charities are doing. We're hearing from Matt Fulbrook something a little bit different than what we've heard from the others, which is today things are changing. And it's not enough to just rest on your laurels. As an organization, you need to constantly be asking yourself, are you meeting the mission and your work? And day in society, that might mean a strong focus on growth. Uh, I think that there is a shelf life. I think that the landscape has changed dramatically. And I don't think this is unique to the charity sector either. But what we need to do as small charities is make sure that we're focusing on real problems with real solutions, with a real plan. And you be, you're you're automatically relevant. It's really, the, I think, the era of just starting a little simple charity with a vague purpose is over. I think that that we we need to think about the small charity landscape almost like little startups, where we've got to be at least a little bit innovative, and we definitely will be as long as we're adding value to the communities that need us then we'll survive. But you got to have a plan and you got to have a purpose. Sometimes it just makes sense to stay small. And that's what Adil Dalla has to say uh, in our conversation on the topic. And I love his refreshing approach. I think you will too. I think there is a um, obsession societally with the idea of scaling and growing. And I think that there are organizations and particularly nonprofits that make completely sense being small. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I think, you know, I like the idea of taking the pressure off one to just always be about growth and being like, you can still have impact. Um, and uh, as a small organization, for, you know, whatever that might look like. So I think that's like, that's kind of my first response to that. And then my, my second response is, um, uh, you know, I think if an organization, um, an organization can be, I think organizations can be really effective of all sizes. And, you know, the, here's, here's a, a for-profit way of looking at it. Like it is really valuable to the world that we have mom and pop convenience stores, you know, small one to two to three person enterprises. Without these enterprises, we would lose so much richness um, and they contribute to meaningful ways in a hyper-local sense. And so, and, and, you know, kind of relating that to nonprofits, like, it's actually really, really important from a diversity perspective that we have smaller nonprofits. 
Um, and uh, and they, they bring a richness, they bring, they bring a particular experience, and they have value sometimes in a hyper-local, hyper-specific way. And so I really cherish a lot of the smaller nonprofits for that reason and don't think that there is a need for them to necessarily grow as much as there is a, a need for, for them to work with other nonprofits so we can all rise together. Our wise friend Vanessa Chase Lockshin talks about purpose-driven decisions, that it's not growth for growth's sake, uh, that there's a really strong place for small organizations, but that you need to constantly be asking yourself, what is our purpose and are we achieving it? I think the question of shelf life seems a little different than like grow or bust. I mean, I, I always in fundraising think about the danger of like growth for growth's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, the goal is not for your organization to become a multi-million dollar charity. The goal is to fulfill the mission and vision that you have. And sometimes you can do that in a much smaller, you know, intentional way that doesn't require you to, you know, have this like behemoth of a fundraising program <laughs> and like all of these staff that work on, on fundraising. Um, so I, I think the question maybe I'm going to answer your question with a question <laughs> is, that, um, is that, you know, is it, is it useful for your organization to can, like to grow at, at large scale or can you do what you want to do effectively in a smaller capacity and be satisfied with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the answer is your organization and board and supporters find a lot of satisfaction in the way that you currently operate, then maybe that's like enough and you can, just find contentment there. Kamara Chambers, the former executive director of Volunteer Toronto, believes that it's more important for an organization to get it right before they start to grow. So small can be mighty when it comes to giving yourself the time and space to figure things out properly. No, not in my opinion anyway. I think that it's completely feasible And maybe sometimes a good idea for organizations to stay the same size and to operate on no budget or um, a very small budget um, and continue doing the great work that they're doing in their community. But I do have a few caveats. So one, I think it has to be a conscious choice. And once that conscious choice is made, the organization has to plan accordingly. So that operating on on a small budget probably still does mean planning and ensuring that you have opportunities to raise revenue um, despite only looking to to reach a certain target of revenue. Um, So that's really important. The second thing I'd say that is really important is the smaller you are, the more important it is that you have the right people on your team to help you to further your goals, whatever those goals may be. It's the whole idea of who's driving the bus, are the right people on the bus? Are those right people in the right seats on the bus? So whether it's staff members or whether it's volunteers, if you choose to be a small shop, that's fantastic. Just make sure that you have the right people along the way and that everyone is clear on that vision, even if that vision is simply to stay small. Um, I think it's actually really exciting when organizations go against the flow and don't have growth as a major goal and actually decide to simply operate at the level that they're operating at. Um, one of my favorite charities in the city is called Not Just Tourists, and they actually have decided to never fundraise. So simply to always be volunteer run and not to ever actively seek donations. And it's a decision that they've made that's working really well for them because they recognize what some of the benefits are of that, but they also recognize what those limitations are and they're, they're choosing to work within those limitations. So I think it's a, it's a brave decision to make, but I encourage more organizations to do it because 
you can probably be quite effective and lean um, and nimble if you stay small, if you choose to stay small. Avery Schwartz brings a different perspective, which is more from the tech sector, where it is grow or die. Um, and so here's her having that conversation. It's a tough one. Um, I'm first going to answer the question the way that a, a kind of somebody from my industry would stereotypically answer that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say my industry, I mean people that work in the tech world, um, and particularly in tech businesses or startups. If you talk to somebody from the tech world or from the startup world, they would say yes. They would say that if you are not growing, you are dying. Mm. Um, and that is a very interesting and kind of hard, <laughs> you know, answer to have. Um, now, is that my answer personally? Not necessarily. Um you know, because I, I come from a, an arts, performing arts and charitable background, and now I work in the tech world. So I have a slightly different perspective than some of my, um, you know, super teched out colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe in missions and values, and I believe in, uh, in why. Why is one of my favorite questions. Um, and then why leads to how and what. So um, if your why and your mission is to do a particular thing and quote unquote staying small really is the best way to achieve that, then your totes fine. <laughs> like uh, there, there's nothing wrong with being small. Um, I, I think small can be beautiful and, and small doesn't have to be big. And um, you know, I, I've seen that happen again, back to the tech world. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in the pursuit of big, I've seen them flame out mm-hmm. Um I think that there there can be uh, a challenge and a risk in being small, in um, in not wanting to burn out yourself as as a leader or as a visionary, um, and then also sometimes I, I when I meet with people that are that are leaders or visionaries or people that are really trying to achieve um, a mission or a vision. Um, I would just ask them, are they staying small because it's the right thing to do? Or are they staying small because they're playing small? Hmm. And sometimes we play small because it can feel comfortable or it's not as scary. Um, so, you know, myself included, sometimes I can, I can play small and I will challenge and say, you know what? No, maybe we should, maybe we should go big with this. Um, so my official answer is maybe. <laughs> So obviously, there's a lot of love for small charities here. Um, That's why we exist. And I really wanted to get others to weigh in. I always find that we're talking to organizations who are so focused on growth, that they sometimes forget about just their doing good work and having meaningful impact. Uh, And that it's not enough, or it's not sufficient to just say, well, we're, we want to be like X and Y, really large charity. And so uh, let's get there. So growth for growth's sake, not a good answer. It doesn't hold up with our community and that we love small organizations. And sometimes small is my dear. Thanks for listening. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. 
As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week. Thank you.